Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Welcome into Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services here in the great town of Eastland, Texas. My name is Angela Robinson, and we are here to talk about all things life planning. And today, a fun topic, well, maybe not so fun, taxes, right? Well, (laughs) there's an old joke about the difference between death and taxes is that death actually doesn't get worse every time that Congress meets. And I can't uh, find a time that that might be true that ever as we speak, uh, Congress is up there making plans about what our 2022 taxes are going to look like and how that's going to pay for um, much of this regulation and, and uh, stimulus that they're trying to push through and have pushed through. So, you know, we, we are sitting here in the dark. Um, it, we were laughing the other day about how things are just bouncing back and forth so hard. You can't plan for anything because one minute um, we're going to have this drastic change in the tax code, and then the next, and, and they're not going to do anything about another piece. And the next minute, all that flip flops. So the end game is is we won't know the end game until the end game actually happens. And yet we're sitting here saying, "What can I be doing about it?" Well. This really hasn't stopped people from doing something about it because what we're seeing more than ever this year is people selling, selling things, selling real estate, selling businesses, um, deciding to go ahead and make their plans to transition down to the next generation. It has been a busy 2021, there is no doubt. And, uh, you know, I I think it's great that we uh, take this every year and we actually get to learn from it. And one of the things that has been just glaring at us has been particularly involving how an entity is structured and how that affects the taxation when someone leaves their business, when someone sells their business, when someone leaves their ranch, when someone sells their ranch. And that's the information we want to bring to the table. We actually wrote a commentary this week and it's titled, Attention S-Corp Owners. Because by the end of 2021, I'm about to determine that when it comes to exit planning, S-Corps are the devil. Yeah, they're the devil. And, um, it's really tough. So I want to walk through today. I want to take some time and, and we're not going to get in the depths and the weeds and everything going on to Congress and giving updates there. We're going to save that uh, for here in the next few weeks when we actually have um, some meat and potatoes to be able to be discussing and figuring out. But I will tell you, because I am going to give you this nugget, if you haven't started your planning to make changes for what Congress is planning, you're already late in the game. You need to get after it because I promise you this, if they do some drastic changes, which what they've put on this table this last week, um, every, every good tax planning attorney, every good tax accountant is going to be so busy that they're not going to be able to take any new business. The okay ones probably are going to be too busy. And the ones that aren't any good would 
maybe be the only ones that you can find. So I highly recommend that you jump on the ball. If you need to get something done, don't wait another minute. September is the time. Get on this before there are big announcements coming out of Congress because there is things you can do no matter what they decide. Now, Let's get back to S-Corp owners. Let's get back to business owners. Let's get back to structuring a business. I was actually having a conversation this last week with an accountant and I said, I just wish that I could be in the room with every business owner when they start up their business and they decide what kind of structure am I going to put my business into? Am I going to be a sole proprietor? Am I going to do this as a partnership? Do I need to be an LLC? By the way, how is that LLC going to be taxed? Is it going to be taxed like a partnership? Is it going to be taxed like a C-corporation? Is it going to be taxed like an S-corporation? Am I going to be just a straight-up S-corporation? Am I going to be a C-corporation? My gosh, isn't that confusing when you just start listing it all off? It certainly is. And, you know, there's a reason that attorneys have a job because most of the time they spend fixing problems, not actually writing things up. And I think business owners, the way they start their business, they start it in a structure that's for the here and the now and the most beneficial for that time. But it ends up being least beneficial in the long run. And I can't tell you how many times we've seen this play over and over. So what I want to walk you through today, I want to walk you through a scenario of what actually happens and why it happens. And then I want to tell you about what you need to be thinking about. Because as we've helped people this year exit uh, their businesses, exit their ranches and farms, I have dealt with more S-Corps in 2021 than ever before. And they are literally the hardest structure to exit from, to sell. And I say that, yeah, they're easy to sell. Let me take that back. Um, they're just hard to sell tax efficiently. Ouch. So when we come back on Life Planning 101, you're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be talking to you as corp owners or potential S corp owners. And we're going to be talking about structure. We're going to be talking about for those that are considering an S corporation, you need to be hearing what is happening on Life Planning 101 today and how could this could affect you over the next, well, okay, your lifetime. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back to Life Planning 101. We are talking specifically to business owners, ranchers, farmers, anybody that needs an entity to operate. And whether that entity is a sole proprietorship, a partnership, an S-corp, an LLC, a C-corp, whatever it is, you've got to know what you have and why you have it and what the end game is. So I want to start out by telling you a story about Bill and Sue. They started their business several years ago. And after a few years, I mean, they started out just, you know, nonchalantly. And after a few years, it began to make pretty good profit. So, of course, who comes knocking when you make profit? The tax man, right? So during tax season, they asked their accountant, what can we be doing to get this tax bill down? Well, after consideration, they settled on an S-corp. It's a great solution, right, for the mom and pop shop. It kept the Social Security payments down, the Medicare taxes away from all their profits, and it saved them a little more than 13% on all that money. 
That's great. 13% a year on that money that wasn't designated as their income. That's perfect, right? Well, let's fast forward. After decades of success, Bill and Sue decide to sell their business. Stock and barrel, everything. Lock, stock and barrel, everything. Granted, they don't have a Fortune 500 company, but they're excited. They spent their lifetime building this and the buyer is going to offer them 5 million bucks for this. They work their butts off, right? The accountant runs the number for them and what the sale's going to look like and what they're going to have after they pay taxes and they want to work with their financial planner to make sure that that's all put in place. Well, it could be one of two numbers, he states. And it all depends on what your capital gains rate are going to look like after the reconciliation bill in Congress. Back to that nasty thing, right? So you're either going to owe about $1.2 million in taxes on $5 million or $2.2 million. Wait a minute, wait a minute, a million dollars difference? Yeah, that's right. So this means you're either going to net 3.8 million or 2.8 million from the sale of your $5 million business. And by the way, that's just federal taxes. Hmm. Of course, Bill and Sue have some sticker shock, right? And what we've come to realize is that when there's sticker shock, we get a phone call. <laughs> inevitably somebody finally finds us or that friend that had been telling them to come to us for years and years and years they say oh my gosh it is an emergency we have no one else to call you're our last resort is there anything we can do so we go to fact finding one of the first questions we ask is how is the entity structured it's an s-corp oh that's my reply always my reply <laughs> under any other structure we could design a sale that maybe there's no upfront taxes right away. Um, you could maybe lower the taxes drastically now and in the future. And you could have the flexibility to curtail the risk of a tax rate change. And frankly, just keep more money in you know the family's pocket or for causes that are near and dear to your heart. At the end of the day, when it comes to exiting your business, S-Corps equal limitations. Now, I want to say this very carefully. I am not a tax professional. I don't prepare taxes. I am not a legal advisor. And we don't have either of those things in our life and wealth management planning firm. Okay. There are a team of professionals that you need. And that includes your life planner, your wealth management advisor, your life insurance advisor, your accountant, your estate planner, if that person is separate, your attorney, and sometimes even your banker needs to be involved when you're making structural decisions because there's pros and cons to everything. But here's what I am going to tell you. Is there something that we don't do when we set up structures I want to go back to what Bill and Sue said when they first visited with that CPA. They said this, we want to save money. We are getting hit by Uncle Sam. We're trying to do all we can just to keep our business afloat and every dollar counts, right? How do we do that? And so we focus on that here and that now and we forget to begin 
with the end in mind. So we wrote an article a couple weeks ago, and it was basically the fact that the question is not really the question, or the answer's not really the answer. It's all about the question. Eugene Lasecco said it best. He said, it's not the answer that enlightens, but the question. Your answer should be met with a question or questions. And the first should be something like, well, we'll tell you when we come back on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss it. More on S corporations and are they really the best entity for you long term? Welcome back to Life Planning 101. What is the difference between a taxidermist and a tax collector? The taxidermist takes only your skin. Mark Twain said that. Uh, (laughs) Isn't it true? Um, You know, here we are in an environment that I think everybody is fearing whether or not taxes are going to go up. And you are looking at, you know, your long-term plans, your short-term plans, and most people um, are having trouble seeing past tomorrow and figuring out what to do and what needs to be done today. And it's a confusing time. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, the reality is, is that we take these times and we we use all of that as a procrastination measure, whether we think we are or not, because we just wait for things to happen so we can wait to make decisions. But the reality is, is that you can't do that. And this is proof in the pudding, the topic today. We're talking to S-corporation owners. It doesn't matter what Congress does. If you own an S-corp and you're wanting to sell, you may have a problem because S-corporations are the most inflexible type of entity to be able to sell. And and you think about it, you you know, bring it to the table and a buyer is going to want to buy the assets of a business. And the reason they're going to want to buy the assets of the business is because they can depreciate those assets at a better rate than they can if they just buy um, the stock in the business, right? And and then they they can't depreciate it, so it's an issue. And that's um you know that's the buyer's perspective. The seller would prefer the preferential tax treatment as selling stock versus selling the assets because the assets they've depreciated them all out, and some of them they've accelerated that depreciation, and they might receive ordinary income. There's all kinds of problems, and we can get in the technicalities of it, but that's for another day. The reality is this, is that you need to be asking, what entity should I be owning for my unique situation, my future, and my goals? We talked about before the break, you need to begin with the end in mind. What's the exit plan? How many people start a business, and they actually ask the question, what's the end game? What's going to be our goal with this business? I would bet most people don't, right? And so if you don't, you know, when you bring the question to your CPA, how do we lower taxes today? And they give you an answer and then you fast forward 20 years and then you get upset with your CPA because they put you in an entity that is causing you not to be able to get out at a a tax-friendly way. Um, you asked for it, right? And the CPA, they're, they're really just there to help you with the here and the now and be your historian and make sure you stay out of hot water. The questions that you should be asking and getting asked takes a team of advisors, most influentially your life planner that's helping you with that proactive long-term planning. But 
questions need to be asked like, what are the long-term plans for the company? What do you expect the growth to look like? Would you ever sell it? Would you like your kids to be part of that company? What about the rest of your assets? Everything else you own, everything else you do, what does that look like? What are the plans for that? What about your other income? Will you be working in your business forever, this business or another business? Or what's that going to look like? Is there going to be spinoff companies? What are the other thoughts that pull at your heartstrings and get your juices going? Okay, all fairness. I know I said I rattle off those questions. You're thinking, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. I have no idea. And this is why we kick the can down the road. It's no difference than Congress sitting up there this month and everybody waiting, twiddling their thumbs to see what's going to happen before they pull triggers. Yep, we wait and we wait and we kick the can because we can't make a decision or because we don't know the future. The problem is, is that you really aren't kicking the can down the road. You think you are. But every day you're successful, it just means that you're continuing to build a bigger and bigger tax bomb. Yes. Yes. A bigger and bigger tax bomb. That's correct. S-Corps are great for that mom and pop shot that has little to no assets and nothing to really sell when mom and dad retire. They're not so great for transferring to another generation tax efficiently, selling to a third party, growing by leaps and bounds, and giving you all the flexibility that you need to be able to do so, and uh, make sure you keep key employees and yada, 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 yada. I mean, yeah, if you if you want to ESOP someday, S-Corps have an amazing ESOP advantage over any other corporation. Um, and that's an employee stock ownership plan, by the way. But that's not for everybody, right? That's only for a certain few. So we gave you a story about Bill and Sue, right, in the beginning. They were that couple that wanted to save taxes only to find out when they went to sell their business after decades of success that their tax bill was going to eat almost half of what they were getting. And that sticker shock led them to be able to try to get help, but too little too late, not much you can do. Some you can do, but not much you can do. And the reality is, is that we sit here and we look at an S-Corp from this angle and we say, well, that's, that is awful. Why would you ever want one? Well, there are reasons to have one. They're good reasons. Same with C-corporations. You know, C-corporations for most small businesses are not a great fit. But there is the small business that it is a great fit for. And you have to weigh all of those odds. I think the problem is, is that we go in blind or we put on our blinders and we're not willing to look down the road or we're trying to say, well, let's worry about that another day instead of trying to be proactive and, and weigh the long term. You know, we have a, a young gentleman we've been working with and I, I commend him over and over again. I'm like, I cannot believe that you're doing what you're doing today to get ready to sell your business 20 to 30 years down the road. But because of what he's doing and the way he's doing it, it's going to be such, such a wonderful thing when he goes to sell that business because he's going to have flexibility. Isn't that what it's all about? Is not limiting yourself in creating future flexibility, didn't we just say that the only difference between death and taxes is that death doesn't get worse every time Congress meets? So if you get rid of your flexibility, 
What's that mean for you every time Congress meets? If you keep your flexibility, does that give you options? And I have to say that it does. So there's an old saying that we use over and over again in our business. You don't know what you don't know. And that is the very thing that ends up biting you. Think about it. You don't know what you don't know. How would you? People say, man, I I just can't believe this. Or why did this happen? And they want to look for someone to blame. But really, there's no one to blame because you don't know what you don't know. And if you're relying on just your accountant to answer those questions, they don't know what they don't know. And that could be the very end up thing that bites you. So don't let it. The reality is you got it right here. Life Planning 101, Kennedy Financial Services, a life planning firm. We help people proactively plan. We quarterback. We pull all these professionals together so everybody is talking and making sure that whatever your long-term goals are, that flexibility is built in and all the professionals can agree to that. Because at the end of the day, if you're not looking out for your future interest, who is? You're just asking questions to solve solutions today. So let us help you plan. Plan to live your life on purpose. Not just today, but when we get 30 years down the road, you can be saying the same thing. My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services. God bless everyone. We surely appreciate all of our listeners at Life Planning 101. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go on www dot kennedy dash financial dot com www dot kennedy dash financial dot com and sign up for our weekly life lessons where we give relevant information including all this information about attention s corp owners you can also sign up for our podcast if you're not there already and learn about our weekly um, commentaries that come out and our market commentaries that come out with black and white money management and our our team of experts there you're not going to want to miss all that thanks again have a great week and be sure to join us next week on life planning 101 thank you for joining us for life planning 101 brought to you by kennedy financial services if you have questions you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com be sure to tune in next week for more life planning 101Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton and Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated, Calton and Associates Incorporated, and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities.